Well, greetings and salutations. I'm Jeff Fredericks, and on the line is Patrick Soiga, founder of Rewards Canada, the definitive source for all things rewards programs. Today is April 2nd, 2017, and this is episode number 21 of the Rewards Canada Weekly Roundup Podcast. As always, our goal is to help you maximize your earning potential and get the most out of whatever rewards program you belong to. Each week, we highlight the best in reward point deals and bonuses. We also cover all relevant industry news, including program updates, enhancements, and changes. And of course, we'll reveal a tip of the week to help you stay on top of your game. So let's get on with the show. Today we have a special guest on the show. Joining us from Cape Town, South Africa, is Ricky Shetty, a.k.a. The Daddy Blogger. Welcome, Ricky. So let's start by you uh, providing a brief overview of who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Ricky Shetty. I'm happily married to my wife, Anne, and we have three wonderful kids, Rianne, who's four, Ryan, who's three, and our uh, newborn, who's uh, 10 months old. And we're traveling the world. Uh, we uh, left in December from Vancouver, Canada, which is our home base. And we left Vancouver, traveled to Manila, where my wife's from, uh, the Philippines, and then uh, spent a month there. And then we went to Hong Kong for about 10 days so we could take the kids to Hong Kong Disneyland. And then from there, we went to Dubai, and we visited my wife's sister there for about two three weeks then from Dubai we headed over to South Africa and we've been in South Africa for close to two months and then from here we're heading over to um, South America uh, Central America then back to Vancouver so we're doing an around the world trip uh, with three kids under five which is quite a feat as you can imagine oh for sure for sure well I'd love to hear uh, and of course just to clarify to everyone listening you're in South Africa now you as you just mentioned you've been there for two months um, Let's start by, by, by understanding what prompted this, uh, this adventure you're on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I've been an avid traveler since my early 20s, uh, before I got married and had kids. Uh, I finished my university at the University of British Columbia, which is one of the major Canadian universities. Uh, once I did my uh, degree, I went to Japan, and I taught English there for a year. Uh, I traveled around Asia, so I started to have the travel bug. I did a working holiday in England, and I traveled around Europe. Uh, then I did a trip around the Middle East. Um, then I studied in Australia and Sydney for three years. Uh, backpacked around Australia, New Zealand, the U.S. Uh, so I personally traveled to about 50, 50 plus countries on my own. And then um, about five years ago, I got married. And uh, as you know, you know, when you're married with kids, you start to slow down in the travel and you think more about, um, you know, the mortgage and the schooling and uh, you start to settle. Uh, but the problem was uh, settling uh left me a little bit discontent <laughs> because i had this desire to travel and uh, this sense of adventure and uh um this novelty while i was uh, backpacking around the world and um when i got married and kids it was obviously such an adventure having kids a different type of adventure as you can imagine but i still wanted to um experience travel but not just with me as a solo traveler now but with my kids so what we did is with kid number one uh, my wife was staying home and taking care of the kids kid number two stayed home taking care of the kids Kid number three, we decided to um, do something radical, and we uh, decided to um, basically travel um, during my wife's math leave. 
so for those of you who are listening from Canada, you'll know that um, Canadians get one year of paid maternity leave. And now there's actually a motion to get a year and a half under the Trudeau government. So we'll see if that uh, gets passed. But right now it's one year paid maternity leave. Um, so we use this money that normally we just use to raise the kid at home to actually invest it in education for our kids. So currently we're traveling and uh, experiencing all these cultures and we're world schooling, homeschooling, road schooling, um, and they're learning every day from the experiences, from the people they meet and from the sights they see. Wow, what a fantastic uh, idea and I'm sure yeah, many of our listeners are, are going to be interested in understanding a little a little bit more on the, on the details. Before we uh, we jump into that, uh, tell me then, um, you mentioned you've been in South Africa then for a few months. What's, what's it been like so far? It's been incredible. It's one of the most beautiful countries I've seen in my life. Like uh, now we're up to about 60 countries. And uh, honestly, I've been to like, um, you know, like I said, North America. Uh, I've been to Asia, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. South Africa is really um, a special place. It's very unique. Um, I mean, I think a lot of us have this bucket list dream to do an animal safari, and we are able to tick off that box and do animal safari in Kruger National Park, which is a world-famous uh, reserve where you can see the big five, uh, which is lions and leopards and uh, elephants, um, rhinos, etc. So uh, we saw all these different animals uh, while we were out there. Uh, then we traveled uh, from Johannesburg across um, the South African continent, all overland, um, to Durban, Port Elizabeth, the garden route uh, into Cape Town. And now we're doing some shark diving while watching in Hermanus. Uh, and then we fly out of Cape Town. Um, it is incredible for so many reasons. Uh, the culture is incredible. The food's incredible. The natural beauty. Uh, I'm really um, intrigued by the African culture. So we learned a lot about the African tribal culture. And then obviously there's the European colonization. Then there's the history of the apartheid. Then there's the Truth and Reconciliation Committee. So all this stuff you might have heard kind of in the news or the media over the years, we really got to experience that firsthand. Like even um, um, going into the very cell or, uh, you know, seeing the cell where Nelson Mandela was in prison, that left tears in my eyes. And um, this country is incredible. I can't rave enough about how much I love, I love South Africa, the people, the culture, the food, uh, really everything about it. Well, what, a, what an amazing... Um gift you're giving your entire family to be able to experience this uh together the way you are um ricky you know as as, as you know our, our show focuses on the travel reward industry uh specifically helping helping our listeners maximize their earning potential and and really discover new ways to get the most out of the reward programs so we're of course curious to know what role reward points has played in helping you with this uh this current travel adventure yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have been uh, using a few different features, and uh, I really recommend a, a website called PointsU. I actually spoke at the conference in Vancouver. They have a conference uh, in Vancouver and one in Toronto. I don't know if you've ever been to the, any of those, uh, Jeff. Yeah, and, and in fact, we uh, we were uh, guest speakers at uh, the the conference they held in uh, in Toronto. Yeah, uh, there you go. So uh, for those of you listening, I definitely recommend PointsU. Um, so what we, we, we've been doing as we travel, um, we're using Scotiabank Cashback. Um, so on all of our transactions, the Visa transactions, we get 1% or 2%. So over the last four months, we've saved a couple hundred, um, we've got a couple hundred back, uh, which gets credited onto account, um, which is always good. 
Uh, we use um, the One World Alliance, which consists of Air Canada, which is uh, you know our major airline in Canada, consists of American Airlines, and uh, quite a lot of different Asian air airlines, including um, Cathay Pacific. So we use Cathay Pacific um, to go overland from Vancouver into Manila, and then uh, we are able to use it again when we flew with um, Qatar Airways, uh, which is uh, Qatar's... Uh, country um, just next to Dubai and they're actually holding the World Cup in a few years by the way um, so we've been able to use the Asia miles and you can check out asiamiles.com um, and that is pretty much um, part of the One World Alliance and there's at least like 10 or 15 airlines uh, part of that and then we also flew Emirates and Emirates has their own point system um, so those are the big three for us personally we're not huge points people i i know uh, i'm sure a lot of you listeners are and i know you are as well so uh but those are the ones we've used jeff uh, scotia bank cashback um one world alliance and also emirates great well um we've talked already sort of uh, online about uh some of the ways in which you are funding this trip including uh, uh sponsorship and we'd like to talk a little bit about that um you know you've got your 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 daddy blog website um, but, but would love to hear some of the tricks and tips that you're taking advantage of in order to help, uh, subsidize, uh, the, the cost of your travels. Yeah. So I feel definitely this is my strength and this is what I've really been focusing on, not just for this trip, but for the last five years. So uh, I started a blog, um, in December of 2012 called daddyblogger.com. And it was originally a parenting blog where I interviewed different dads from around the world. I wrote a book about fatherhood. Um, and then I also um, started doing product and service reviews where uh, companies would send me products like strollers or car seats or tech gadgets and I would review them. Uh, then we started doing some local travel in Vancouver and British Columbia in uh, Alberta, um, Washington State, where we started doing reviews of uh, different hotels, uh, different sightseeing attractions, even doing some car reviews, restaurant reviews. So we, we tried to manage on a localized basis, then on a provincial basis, then a little bit inter-province and then in, in, inter-country where we crossed the border into the U.S. and started doing reviews. So as I did these reviews, I was just like, oh my God, we're getting all these amazing hotels. Like we would get like four and five star hotels, uh, complimentary. And um, I use the word complimentary, but uh, really there's also some work on my end because I got to do uh, the social media. I got to um, check in on Facebook. I got to do some Instagram pictures. I got to do some tweets about the hotels, the sightseeing attractions of the tourism companies I work with. Um, and um, then in return for the social media and blogging I do, uh, they give me um, the hotels for free or the sightseeing for free or even some food or transport for free. Um, so because it was working on a local and provincial level, I said, now that we're doing this world, world trip, let's see if it will work in other countries. And that was um, the question I was um, having. Would it work in other countries? Well, uh, good news is it worked in the Philippines. Uh, we were able to get uh, sponsored uh, stays and sponsored sightseeing in the Philippines. It worked in Hong Kong, uh, really strongly in Hong Kong especially. We were able to get uh, majority, about 70-80% of our sightseeing covered in Hong Kong. Um, and then in Dubai, it worked as well. I didn't um, do hotel stays there because we had our uh, my wife's sister there, so we stayed with her. And now in South Africa, it's been amazing. Um, so... We work with some amazing companies in South Africa. I'll mention a few of them. Uh, there's a company that travel that will take you overland from Johannesburg and Cape to Cape Town 
uh, and you get a 14-day pass where you can hop on and hop off. Uh, and we use that uh, company to travel, and uh, they drop you off directly at your hostel or hotel. You meet travelers from around the world, and you have the flexibility of getting off and getting on whenever you like. And that company is called Bass Bus, so uh, kudos to them for um, sponsoring us. Um, then most of our accommodation, about 80 to 90% has been covered. Even the place where I'm right now, uh, they're covering it. Um, and in Cape Town, almost all of our accommodation has been covered. Uh, our, so sightseeing has been covered, transport's covered. Uh, most of the sightseeing, what we do is we contact the tourism boards. So if I'm going to like a city like Cape Town, I would contact the tourism board and say, Hi there, my name is Ricky Shetty. I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada. I'm traveling currently with my wife and uh, kids. Uh, we, uh, we are doing uh, reviews of different hotels, sightseeing attractions, and we'd love to cover your hotel on our blog. These are the number of uh, Facebook followers, the Twitter followers, the Instagram followers. This is my YouTube child, channel following, and these are my uh, monthly blog uh, viewers. And uh, when I contact the tourism board, they're usually able to organize the majority of the things directly for me. And if they cannot do it, then I will actually contact the hotels or sightseeing companies directly. So that's my formula. And uh, I, I don't mind if people steal that formula and use it for themselves. Because I'm really about giving back. Because now that I've uh, realized it works for me, I'm very much about coaching or mentoring or supporting other people who might want to start a blog, travel blog. Because I know, Jeff, you're very much into the travel hacking. And traditionally, travel hacking is considered of the points and the miles. So accumulating a lot of miles and points to get hotel stays and airline flights. So for those of you listeners who might want to try the travel blogging, uh, you can also get a lot of stuff uh, travel hacked. Uh, and uh, the good thing is, not only are you um, getting the stuff complimentary, you're actually creating memories and you're processing things when you're uh, blogging or when you're video blogging, you're processing the journey and you're um, creating memories for yourself and your kids. And also you're uh, helping other people to maybe travel as well uh, by uh, uh, reading on your social media, reading on your blog. Uh, so that in a nutshell is what I've been doing, Jeff. Well, well done, uh, Ricky. I think um, it, it's, it's rather inspiring uh, how you've built this uh, blog up and how you've turned it into uh, uh, you know a, a vehicle for for getting getting this uh, access to this travel let's let's talk a little bit about uh, advice that you would then offer somebody who's who's paying close attention and, and and wants to follow in your footsteps so so first off you started this blog from uh, as you said daddy's perspective uh, I know you did research and found out that many um, of the blogs and support groups that were out there were very much geared to, to, to mummies. Uh, and so you, you landed in on a bit of a niche in terms of, uh, uh, an area of subject, uh, matter expertise and you, uh, you've written the book and you've built up a following. If, um, somebody who does want to follow in your footsteps wanted to, to start up a travel blog, are there certain milestones that they need to be aiming for before they start reaching out to uh, you know various hotels, restaurants, tour operators, and those sorts of things? Yeah, great question, uh, Jeff. So a lot of people ask me this kind of question, like, how many Facebook followers, how many Twitter followers uh, do I need before a hotel will give me something? Um, there is no magic number. It's not like, okay, you've hit 100, 100 likes or 100 tw uh, Twitter followers, and then automatically you'll get these uh, people uh, reaching out to you or they'll say yes to you. It's not really a magic number. Uh, wh what I found is really uh, three steps. Uh, firstly is you make your blog, you market your blog, and you monetize your blog. So the making is very much about building the brand. 
So you build up a brand, which consists of your logo, um, you know, your graphics, your web design, um, uh, maybe maybe a catchphrase, and really a, a mission. Why are you doing what you're doing? So my goal is to in inspire dads to be the best fathers they can be to the children, or inspire families to travel more to the kids. Right. So some kind of like really um, a missional um, starting point. Um, Simon Sinek says start with why. There's a great TED talk about that, and a great book start called Start with Why too. So you need to start with that. Uh, point of passion it can't be about the money it cannot be about getting free stuff it has to be about um, what drives you from your innermost being so what drives me is my kids and if I never got anything free if I never got a, a cent of the blog I would still be driven because it's not really about those free things it's about um, uh, uh, really dissecting what it means to be a dad and uh, becoming a better dad and also creating memories for my children so that uh, I would say has to be the starting point the point of passion um, and then once you build up your brand okay. uh, then you go into the marketing so you market yourself on uh, email marketing social media marketing YouTube marketing you can do some interviews um, like what I'm doing yeah. now is actually marketing right yeah well of course I was gonna say I, I, I you know being on your website um, You've certainly taken advantage of, of uh, you know, PR and, and and getting your name out there and uh, sharing your story with, uh, you know, from a mass media perspective. So well done on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So traditional media, which is like video, uh, sorry, sorry, like TV or radio or like newspapers, magazines. So I've done a lot of the traditional media, but I'm very open to doing uh, new media, as they call it. So things like uh, YouTube videos, uh, Google Hangouts, uh, podcasts, um, guest blog posting, um, um, even written written interviews. Um, doing contests is good as well for marketing your blog. Um, then the last step uh, of really building up your blog is the monetization angle. A lot of people ask me, like, how do you make money blogging? Uh, well, it's three things you do. So first is you create a product or a service that you can sell. It can be a coaching program. It could be a video training program. It could be an audio book. It could be a written book. It could be an e-book. PDF, a report, uh, video training series uh, that you can put up in something like Udemy or Thinkific. Um, so, so create some kind of product or service that you can sell. And the second thing is, uh, if you don't have a product or service you can sell, then you sell someone else's product or service, and that's called affiliate marketing. So you basically put a link to something like um, if you're doing a review of a book, um, like Lonely Planet, you could review it, and then you could link to Amazon. If someone clicks on your uh, link and they purchase not just the book but anything on Amazon, you still get a commission because they've 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 come to the website from your link. Um, then the third way is actually advertising or sponsorships. So there's something called sponsored posts, which actually a company pays for you to write about their products or service on your blog and to reach your readers. So those are three major ways to monetize. Uh, in terms of the magic number, going back to that one, um, I would say start at a very local level. And the first person to probably read your blog is your mom <laughs> and hopefully your dad and then maybe your siblings and then your, your close uh, friends and then really your social media network and then uh, it will grow from there. And I find even like when I do a review for a hotel, that hotel usually shares on the, their Facebook page or when I do a car review, they share it on their, their, uh, their fan page. And then... Um, those fans are reading and they start following, right? So it's really a trickle effect, but it starts really with your local friends 
um, not, not, just, not geographically local, but kind of your network of friends um, online and offline. And then it just grows from there. So that magic number, there's no magic number. But, but I think uh, if you follow that kind of uh, thought process, start with just your mom, your dad, your friends, and then it'll grow from there. And uh, start doing local reviews. Even if you pay for hotel stays, start reviewing those. And then eventually uh, be brave and just ask for a hotel. Um, uh, in your in your vicinity, you might do a staycation or uh, maybe a little road trip around wherever you live. And then um, once you get your first one, it's a it's a little bit of a confidence thing, right? Because you're 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 fearful at first. Then once you get your first one, you're like, hey, I can do this. Then you get your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, and then you go from hundred dollar U.S. hotels to like five hundred U.S. dollar hotels, and you go from maybe three star hotels to a five star hotel. So. It's very much a journey, and it's very much a uh, it's a confidence-based journey. I I found any at least in my blogging um, adventure so far. Awesome. Well, and kudos to your mother who probably gave you some some solid advice to keep at it and and keep going. So uh, it sounds like it's working out so far for you pretty well. Well, look, okay, let's um let's uh, talk a little bit about um you know some of the things that you've learned along the way in your travels. Um, you know, there's there's uh, so many things, I guess, to consider when you're planning a long uh, trip like you. Um, and I suspect you've got a, a few good tips for tackling things like selecting the right out-of-country medical insurance, for example. Um, what advice then would you give to listeners that want to plan uh, this, the type of trip that you're on right now and some of the things that they need to consider that they, uh, they, might, they might overlook? It all starts with a decision, Jeff. So once you make that key decision to travel, things fall into place. But the hardest thing is to come to the point of decision that we're going to do this. It's not a it's not a bucket list. It's not a dream for the future. It's not a one day maybe or it's not, it's not like I'm jealous of your travels or I wish I could do that. It's really about deciding I am going to do this. And um, I... Before we started this journey ourselves, we used to listen to a lot of podcasts. Like there's a travel adventure podcast, there's Epic Education, uh, there's Nomad Together, there's uh, Pack of, Extra Pack of Peanuts. These are all podcasts, and uh, feel free to look any of those up or put those on the show notes, Jeff. But these podcasts really inspired me when I was in Vancouver and kind of like depressed or like feeling, oh, like why is my life like um, so boring? And I really wanted to get out of the rat race and see the world so when i was at the point of like um uncertainty these podcasts like yours jeff really inspired me to get out and uh, do it uh, but really i could have just stayed there but at some point we had to like decide once you decide then things start to fall in place so first you got to decide on obviously a destination uh, or a length of time uh I use the four steps to travel the world. This is my formula I created. Uh, the first step is really to save, uh, then to sell, then to uh, get a salary, and fourthly is to get sponsorship. So um, saving includes cutting back on things like the Starbucks coffees or the Tim Hortons coffees, maybe saving on the dinners out, uh, the dinners out, um, saving on the latest tech gadgets, uh, maybe using the old iPhone instead of wanting that new iPhone or uh, using the current laptop instead of desiring and buying the the, the, the one you really want, right? So uh, holding back on those urges to buy, I, we live in a very much a materialistic consumer society that urges us to buy. But if you can resist because your dream to travel is, is bigger than your des desire to have materialistic things. And uh, I, I know like uh, people might think... Uh, 
they don't need the latest things, but somehow you do because of commercialism and advertising and uh, you know so on and so forth. So decide first, and then you save um, through those things I mentioned, and then you start selling. So we we sold a lot of stuff before um, we traveled because we realized we weren't really fulfilled by materialism. And we started decluttering, we started becoming more minimalistic, and we started selling. And uh, all, all our friends started buying us stuff, and people were like, oh my god, you're giving such great things for such cheap deals. But we're like, this is no longer important to us. So we actually felt so liberated getting out of all our stuff. Uh, we still have stuff stored at mom's, so uh, shout out to, to my mom as well for storing uh, stuff while we travel around the world. Um, so save first, sell, and then salary. So you need some kind of income when you're traveling. You can do something um, such as being a digital nomad, which means basically you can work from anywhere in the world as long as you have a Wi-Fi. And sometimes that's hard in places like South Africa. South Africa is incredible, but unfortunately the Wi-Fi is not so incredible. Um, so if you can find a country that has great Wi-Fi, uh, um, there's some digital nomad hubs such as Thailand, there's Chiang Mai, there's Bali, Indonesia, there's Mexico, um, there's Manila, Philippines. Uh, there, there's a few places that are called like the digital nomad hubs and uh, a lot of um, people who work online, they go there and they congregate there and they work together in community, in co-working spaces, or in cohorts or in shared apartments, shared accommodation. So it's really about um, um, getting a salary somehow. So uh, being a digital nomad, you can get a salary by doing something like social media management or social media marketing. You can be a website designer, a graphic designer. You can do an e-commerce store. You can do some online coaching through like Skype or through Google Hangout uh, or even the telephone, the good old telephone. You can do coaching through that. Um, so try to figure out a way that you can make money that is location independent. Because a lot of us, we work in jobs that are location dependent, uh, which means you got to, you know, uh, conquer the rush hour, you know, in the morning and then conquer the rush hour in the evening, go to your office and then come back home, the nine to five kind of traditional lifestyle. But but us, uh, the, the, the kind of this generation of people realize you don't need to go to the office, your office can be. Um, at a hotel, your office can be in a Starbucks, your office could be in a, uh, a co-working space, your office could be in a beach. Your office can be anywhere. So the shift in mindset towards the office space, the base of the bottom line is getting a salary. And the last thing is getting sponsored um, things like I mentioned. Like obviously if you're traveling a long time, imagine if you're paying um, 100 US per night for a hotel over 30 days. That's like $3,000 just in accommodation if you're staying in hotels nightly for 30 days. But with me, I'm getting 80 to 90% of my hotels covered. So maybe we're spending like um, three to four to 500 on the hotels and the rest is getting sponsored. So imagine the savings on that, which will allow you and leverage you to travel more. So those are my four steps for traveling in the world. I'll repeat, uh, save, sell, salary, and sponsorships. Awesome. Uh, in listening to that, it, you know, shades of Tim Ferriss's uh, four-day work week uh, are coming to mind. Uh, I think that there's definitely a growing interest uh, in, in this uh, sort of lifestyle approach that you're describing. So, so well done on that. I wanted to, I wanted to wrap up a little bit here, uh, Ricky, with, with you sort of sharing with us what it's like to be traveling then with uh three kids under the age of five i can only only imagine um uh some of the extra um be it luggage or just extra care required uh uh at that age group can you can you shed a little light on it please absolutely um 
traveling with kids is difficult, um, you know, and um, I don't want to um, paint the picture too rosy here. It's definitely challenging um, because especially at the age that we're traveling at, they're toddlers. Um, and those of you listening who have toddlers, you can imagine they, they, they throw tantrums. Not only do they throw tantrums in your home city, they throw tantrums when they're on the road as well, or in the car, or in the bus, or wherever they want. Um, so which is tough because um, it's tough even when you're at home. You know, in Vancouver, it was tough. And here in Cape Town, South Africa, it's tough. So it's going to be tough no matter where you have the toddlers. So I'd rather be in Cape Town, them having a, t a toddler tantrum, than back at home in Vancouver. Because they're going to throw a tantrum regardless because of the age they're at and the maturity level they're at. So I'd rather be traveling and them throwing a tantrum rather than being at home. Um, so there's the challenges of the... The, the fighting between the toddlers, um, the getting tired or complaining or whining, the long road trips, the long bus rides, obviously the long flights, those are all challenging. Uh, I find traveling with a baby is actually easier than traveling with toddlers because the baby needs two things. It needs food and sleep. And it can get that pretty easily um, because my wife's nursing and then it can just sleep in the baby care we, we travel with. They could just sleep wherever it wants really uh so the toddlers is a little bit more challenging so we counteract that by um having lots of activities so um um basically just having things that will distract them because usually they're wanting attention for some reason either they feel like mommy and daddy ignoring them or they're getting bored of the activity or um they just think the world's all about them so if you can um, figure out a way to distract them from their tantrum, and this is advice not just from traveling with toddlers, but living with toddlers, uh, distraction definitely helps, and activities definitely help. And um, child focus um, uh, attractions. So obviously the kids love Disneyland, like Hong Kong Disneyland, or Legoland in Dubai, which we went to. They love the animal safari. We went to some penguins, uh, which is in Boulder's uh, Beach uh, in Cape Town. So they love those kind of activities with animals, um, uh, they don't like the, the histor historical stuff or the cultural stuff. So you got to really find that balance when you're traveling to uh, make sure that their needs and their wants are being met. While at the same time, if you guys are into more, if the parents are more into the history and the culture, um, doing that. And uh, I just want to give a, a quick tip as well. Um, we have actually used babysitting services while we're traveling. Yeah, it's really hard, Jeff, to, to find some quality time between mom and dad. Uh, away from the kids when you're traveling because they're pretty much with you 24-7 and uh, uh, usually, you know, grandma or mom's not around to help babysit. So it's really up to you to take care of these kids 24-7 with no outside help, which is tough. Um, so having babysitting while we're traveling is really good. And how do you do that? Well, we just ask the hotel reception. Like uh, we just say, do you know any uh, uh, babysitters or uh, I, I, is there someone who could take care of the kids for a few hours while we go out for a walk or for dinner or for a movie? So we've done it a few times in South Africa already. And um, it depends on the country you're with. So obviously like North American countries, it'll be a little harder for the the hotels just to take care of the kids themselves but i find with like developing countries you just pay someone and to do something they'll do it <laughs> so with the hotels like in uh, south africa you can just pay the reception and they'll actually um have one of the staff members hang out with your kids in the room while you have a, a dinner in the restaurant away from the kids and because you're eating at the restaurant or a nearby restaurant if something goes wrong or if the kids need you they can easily find you um, so that's been a really important thing we've done is we haven't forgotten the the relationship between husband and wife which is even more important the relationship between kids because happy parents equal happy marriage equal happy kids so if you don't have happy parents you're not going to have a happy uh, marriage and then you're not going to have a happy family and 
obviously the kids get affected. So it's really important to nurture that um, marital bond. Uh, again, this is advice not just for travelers, but really on a localized level as well. So hopefully that provides you, your listeners with some useful advice there, Jeff. Great, great tips, uh, Ricky. Thanks for that. I know that's a philosophy that's well articulated on your website. Um, well, Ricky, this has been a great, uh, a great conversation. I'd love to... Um, love you to just in in with some some uh, visuals if you will on where you're going next and how 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 this trip's gonna kind of wrap up i know you you mentioned you're gonna be hit, hitting south america um what's what's immediate after south africa where do you go next yeah so we're flying out to brazil next week um so from brazil uh we're very much a spontaneous type of traveler too we we're not as much of the planner so we're, we're much we're much about the ticket as it comes uh, get advice from others so i'm going to read the lonely planet south uh, america on the plane journey there <laughs> it's a long plane journey across the atlantic uh and then i'll start deciding where we're going i'm, I'm pretty much the kind of planning the routes and my wife's um, uh, planning uh the needs of the children uh, she does the packing and stuff like that and i plan kind of the journey journey and the route and the transport so we divide our labor that way uh so we're heading to brazil most likely argentina peru, peru bolivia central america uh back to vancouver um so so you have to decide uh, for yourself whether you want to do the the spontaneous or the planned journey how you're going to divide up labor etc but uh uh it's important to figure out the strengths of each person. Like my wife's really good at the budgeting, so she focuses on that side of the thing. I'm good at getting the sponsorship, so I uh, do that side of things. But uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to South America. And the biggest um, challenge is going to be now the linguistic challenge. Because so far we've traveled to only English-speaking countries. Like Philippines, everyone speaks English. Hong Kong, everyone speaks English because there's a British colony. And then uh, Dubai, everyone speaks English because there's so many uh, foreigners, expats living in Dubai. Uh, South Africa was a British colony as well, so that's why everyone speaks English here. Uh, South America is a whole different ballgame, so we got to start learning a Spanish, and uh, it's going to be um, learning about Latino culture and learning a whole different language and um, the challenge that comes with uh, not having the same, um, you know, mother tongue, which I'm looking forward to. It's a good challenge. Well, good, uh, a good way to immerse yourself in the culture for sure. Okay, well, look, Ricky, why don't you tell everyone where they can. Uh, track your your journey and uh, read a little bit more about uh uh what what you're up to yeah so the easiest place to find me is the, my website which is daddyblogger.com i do a lot of social media i'm posting almost every day on my social media so my facebook my twitter my instagram i'm also pretty big into video blogging so i have a youtube channel which has about two million views now a few thousand videos on there it has videos from all of our hotel uh, stays we do uh, video tours of the rooms and the hotels uh, we also do a lot of videos on the sightseeing we've covered. So if you go to daddyblogger.com, it has links to all my social media, and you can sign up for email updates and follow the journey along there. If you have questions, I'm very much about um, giving back and supporting, so I'd love to support any of your listeners. Uh, you know, Tell them you found me through the podcast, and I'd love to help them out. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, Ricky. We really appreciate your time, and uh, good luck, and enjoy the rest of your journey. Thanks, Jeff. I look forward to meeting you on the road one day, Jeff, and the listeners. For sure. 